everybody. Welcome to the Vox Podcast. My name is Tim Stafford. I am the producer here. Just in case you missed the last couple episodes, or if you're new to the podcast, which if you are, welcome. We're doing something a little bit different here in the month of December. We're doing a few mini episodes. Each of the mini episodes deals with a question that a listener wrote in. What makes this month a little bit different is that we also filmed each of these conversations and those are available on our brand new YouTube channel, which you can access through a link on Facebook or in the bio on our Instagram account, which is just at Vox Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing, for subscribing, for liking, for supporting us through Patreon or Tithely. We are very thankful for this community. One last thing, about a month ago or so, I put a message on Facebook for anybody who is interested in joining a micro community or interested in hosting a micro community to send me an email so I can add you to a master list and try to help people coordinate with one another. I've gotten a ton of emails so far requesting uh, to be a part of one of these things or or offering to host one. If there's anyone else out there who is looking to join a micro community, who would like to join a micro community or host a micro community in their home, please send me an email at tim at voxpodcast.com. I'll add you to the list. Please make sure you give me your name and your city and state or country, and I will add you to the list and try to organize you guys and get everybody going. I'm going to try to get that all set up and emails out to you in the new year. So again, if you're interested in micro-communities, shoot me an email, tim at voxpodcast.com. All right, I think that's everything. Here we go. A conversation about a question on biblical womanhood. All right, everybody. It's us. The chicken is in the oven. (laughs) Mike, Bonnie, and Tim are <laughs> gathered around a table. We are, I have, I'm holding, if, if you're on YouTube, you can see I'm holding, like I feel very official holding this microphone like this. <laughs> you look pretty official. Like, like I'm, I, it's way better than sitting in my boxer shorts in my office. I don't do that. Bonnie, well. did you see Bonnie's look of disgust when, when that, <laughs> that image was thrown out there? Um, but thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate the uh, affirmation. All right. So we are, um, we're doing some mini episodes again, because of your incredible questions. Um, we are recording on YouTube, at least this round of mini episodes. So if you want to check us out and Bonnie, Bonnie, I gotta say, I really wanted bigger hair. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping, I was hoping it would be full Bonnie. Is this is full Bonnie? No, it's not. You can tell. You can tell. I can't tell. I've seen full Bonnie. <laughs> and, That's because someone, you know, helped me with it. All right, and um, <laughs> and so we've got we've got Tim, and you know, thankfully, yep, full Tim. So anyway, um, uh, Q and A. Thank you, as always. We want to invite you to share these, uh, to like, rate, and subscribe, um, to help us um, and support us uh, through. Uh, you go to voxpodcast.com. So we are listener supported. Anyway, all that is to say, uh, we've got another one of your great questions. Bonnie, tee it up. All right. So here's my question. 
What is an accurate view of biblical womanhood? Tim Stafford. <laughs> we'll be answering this question. Oh, I thought I was the accurate description. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, I hate to even use that phrase, but it's the best I can come up with at the moment. What is the theological foundation of how I'm meant to be living my life as a Christian woman? Mm. I want so badly to live my life in a way that is honoring to God and his calling and purpose for my life, but I so badly want to ditch all the twisted, misogynistic baggage from the church culture I was raised in. Oh, wow. How do I go about doing that? Well, uh, Bonnie, this seems, <laughs> this sort, seems, of, this seems sort of in your ballpark. I mean, I don't want to stereotype <clears throat> here, but it seems like maybe you've asked some of those questions. I might be the depiction of a godly woman, but you should take this. I should yes. take this question. Yeah. What do you think, Bonnie? Um, yeah, I, I agree with what she said here. Growing up, it was very much an understanding that if you were going to be a biblical woman, you were a Proverbs 31 woman, which I'll get to in a minute, and quiet, um, submissive, soft-spoken, mm. not a lot of opinions, blend mm. in. So I've obviously... You're O for whatever number that was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think when, when I say, like for me, I actually don't even love feeling like um, the difference between a biblical woman and a biblical man. I think it's a Jesus follower, mm. done, hands down. So mm. that's where I would start, is like, look at Jesus, look at his disciples, what did they do? Um, what is Jesus about? Who does he love? Who's in the margins and who does he pull in? Like man or woman, I think that's where we should go. Mm. Um, the verse, there's two things that are always like kind of thrown at us as we're growing up. Um, one of them is the Mary and Martha passage, which we've de like dealt with many times here on the podcast. But um, this idea that one, one woman's like busying herself and she's too busy while the other one sits at Jesus's feet and she did the right thing uh, because she's like, gives up her place in the home to like pray and listen. Um, but what's actually happening there, as we've discussed before, but I think, did we do an episode on that? Mm -hmm. I think we must have, so you can go and listen to it, is that she's posturing herself as a student at the feet of Jesus. And so it's actually a very subversive move on both of their parts. So in that- She's assuming a male space. Yeah, exactly. She's assuming a male space and a male position mm -hmm. of a rabbi, because if she's training, if she's training under him, she's training to be a rabbi. So she's taking that over. So in terms of women have to be super submissive or they totally. can't do what they're supposed to do, that flies in the face of that. The second thing for Proverbs 31, um, I wouldn't even translate as woman, as oh. a legit woman, Oh, actually. What? I, um, the whole book is about wisdom. What? What? And um, <laughs> it's actually written like Proverbs 31 for sure, is written to males who are coming up in their adult manhood. And so the writer <laughs> uses um, lady wisdom as a metaphor because honestly, like what's gonna get a young man's attention? A lady. So um, <laughs> that's wow. what he's doing. But so if you go back and instead you say like um, a woman who, who can find a woman great with like who can find and you substitute wisdom there, then it's a very different passage. It actually becomes about like what it means to be wise, not just what it means to be a woman. And the whole thing is about being wise in the small things and the mundane things and being wise in the way we live our lives. So for me, I would start there too of going, mm -hmm. how much of this stuff that I've been told is directly only for women is actually for everybody. And, um, what can I do in the Bible that points me towards wisdom? And from there, who am I in Christ and how can I live that out? Mm -hmm. 
I would I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, it was revolutionary <laughs> to um, hear from a, a friend of mine who's an Old Testament scholar that no no that's all about wisdom. Yeah. Um, it has been used to trap so many um, type A women um, into you should be a non-type A person or shame somebody. Ah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so the idea of biblical biblical manhood and womanhood is about to me, and I and I know this is totally flippant, um, and it's worthy of more discussion. But it's but it's a crock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it is like like. W- Every, from John Eldridge to Joyce Meyer to whoever teaches on gender stuff, you end up reading our cultural constructs and mapping them over. Over the scripture. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and I understand, like, of course there are principles about what it is to be a woman and what it is to be a man. No question about it. But there's not a one-to-one correspondence because what what femaleness meant in the first century is so different from what femaleness is today and what maleness meant. I mean, you just can't map it like, well, the the man's always the initiator because God right. initiated uh, the church. Well, okay. I mean, but but see, the the Bible isn't framing the conversation that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so I. The idea that there is a biblical version of manhood and a biblical version of womanhood, I will agree that there are some expressions of manhood and womanhood that aren't consistent, right? Right, with the overarching narrative of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But the idea that there's one that's biblical is just so anachronistic. I can hardly stand it. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think not only do we realize that very often what's addressed in the wisdom literature is wisdom. Um, but but then you have the passages like the Mary and Martha, but you even have Peter speaking of weaker vessels and calling Abraham Lord, like Sarah called Abraham Lord, so we should call our husbands Lord. I mean, you, you just try to map that stuff onto yeah. 21st century culture without any of the hard work of what what was happening then? Yes, yeah. like the ho- these household codes, and even in Ephesians, where it looks so clear, wives submit to your husbands. Isn't that clear? Right. It's <laughs> right. and it's so much more subversive than we even give yeah. it credit for. So I, I have a general, and this the big critique of the position that Bonnie and I are articulating is that we we're not taking the Bible at its word. Right. Well, here's what it says. So it just. Just read it. Hear the English words. Read it, and it clearly says this is what women should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and our I don't know what your response would be. My response, of course, is well, that's fantastic. You're listening to one side of a conversation, and you think, I mean, try that with your kids. Try that with text messages or emails from even ten years ago, or suppose two thousand years from now, somebody finds my email inbox, right? And and I'm like, dude, we killed it today. Okay, well, the English words just say we killed something, but yeah. you know, we meant something else, right? They don't, I mean, there's just this, there, 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 there's an arrogance that simply says it is a one, there's a one-to-one correspondence between the words that are translated into English and to my experience and understanding yeah. of those words. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean the Bible's completely off limits to us. No, there's so much you can understand in exactly that way. Right. But when it comes to some of this stuff, there's there's much more homework to do. Yeah, agreed. Because like I think what we read is Paul sometimes being limiting 
or a jerk. He's actually he was, so incredibly subversive for his oh time. My goodness, but yes. we don't know that That's because right. we just read everything into it. So I think we do the Bible a huge disservice when we make it something it's not. And we yeah. say it said this and it transfers directly when we take it out of its yeah. form and its nuances. That's right. So we have to be able to do that and put that in there. Well, and you think of like some of the, the big passages about women be silent in church. Mm-hmm. And um, what you begin to realize is that there's a whole backstory to why that's being written um, and what that even means. And that like every word of that sentence in Timothy is contested. Uh, every yeah. single word of the sentence, there's disagreement about what the words mean. Yeah. And you're literally gonna, you're gonna base on excluding half the church, right? Right. From participating in leadership because there's, there's one sentence that is hugely debatable I mean, and, and you're just like, okay, well, I understand. And there are people who are God-honoring who do that. There are people who are God-honoring that disagree with those who do that. Understand, I'm not trying to get into that point, but just to say the, the, the idea that there's some biblical definition of manhood or womanhood hanging out there as some platonic ideal for us to measure up to, that's just false. Yeah. Because anyone who preaches that stuff will end up promoting a version of manhood or womanhood that looks exactly like them. Yeah, that's, that's just so true. true. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Tim, what do you got as our resident man? Oh, I went from the depiction <laughs> of a woman at the beginning of this episode. This is a roller coaster for you. This is. I'm <laughs> feeling exhausted. Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, there's so many things in life to deal with. I hate that this is something that you and this person have had to deal with. I, the idea of like deconstruction being a liberal or a whatever idea. Um, like, what's the harm in deconstructing something, even if the result is you came back to the same? Totally. Yeah, you know what I mean. No like, harm. just to know that what it is that you have is yeah. true. It's, yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah, I love it. Great question. Who is this from? Uh, Whitney. Whitney. Great question, Whitney. Hope, yeah. hope, hope this helps. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it just adds more to the confusion, but. Uh, Whitney, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. And then any of you want to write in, you can tweet, Instagram, Facebook, or email us at hello at voxpodcast.com. Awesome. All right, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. YouTube audience, we salute you. Mm-hmm.